Blog Talk Radio. Sorry, I'm a little late today. I got a lot of stuff going on. It's a little insane. I forgot to uh, I forgot to postpone it. So when I saw it, it's actually the Lord intervening. I've realized to say, take a break. Time is short. Get out there and preach the word. Spread the good news. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them what's going on, folks, brothers and sisters. We are here. We're here, right here. We're at the precipice. We're on the cusp. The time for being lukewarm has long since passed. It is time for us to get on the ball and get out of the situations that we have put ourselves in. It's time to get out and free our foot from the snares that we've that we've put our foots in, the ones that we've walked into. It's time for us to get singularly focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to do that today. 
in this moment, right here, right now, it is time. Praise the Lord. Father God, we just come before you today, Lord. We just come before you with broken hearts, Lord. With broken minds, with broken spirits, Lord. We confess to you that we are not worthy of what you have done for us, Lord. But we accept your gift. We accept your grace, Lord. We accept your awesome salvation, Lord. Father God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see today. Help us to understand the times that we are living in. Father God, I pray today that you would just give us a full understanding of what it will be like to stand before you and give an account. Lord God, I just pray that you put the urgency in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits to understand the magnitude of giving an account before you, Lord. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray for all those that we would come in contact with, Lord, that you would empower us to preach the gospel and spread the good news to everyone that we meet, everyone that we come in contact with, Lord. Let us sing your praises. Let us shout that we are redeemed. Let us spread the good news that we do not have to spend an eternity separated from you. Father God, I just pray for this, believe this, and receive this in the name of Jesus, your precious Son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, guys. This is JD. This is the Neptune Diaries. Sorry I'm a little late today. I have a lot of crazy stuff going on. They're tearing my building apart in South Beach. They're putting in new windows, and there's a lot of racket, and I just sort of lost time. My dog's going, Delilah, my dog's going crazy. And things are just hectic, you know? Life is hectic in this moment. You hear that in the background? It's a nice chainsaw or whatever. They're they're doing all sorts of stuff. So forgive me for that background noise. Uh, I thought it best to at least do something today and get get into the word a little bit and just, and you know, let every moment count. So, how's everybody the news? Are you paying attention to the news? Is everybody paying attention to the news and what's happening in the world? Is everybody excited about this nuke deal, no nuke deal, sometime a nuke deal? Who knows what's going on? We're colluding with the Iranians. Is everybody happy that, for those of you who may be listening, who voted for Obama, God bless you, but we get what we ask for. At the Democratic National Convention, America forsook the Lord. We did that. We forsook God. We we forsook Israel. We chose this. This is officially called sleeping in the bed that we have made ourselves. This is the world that we live in. This is the world that we've begged for. We've asked for this. 
just like they said to Jesus, Jesus, thanks, but no thanks. Can you just leave our town? We're uncomfortable. We think you're great, but we'll take it from here. Isn't that great? Think about that. Is that what you're doing in in your life today? Telling Jesus, it's all good, I can take it from here. Is that where you're at? I lived there for a long time in that spot of Lord I want I want the blessings of all this but to the Lord because the time is the time is as short as it gets right now boys and girls brothers and sisters everybody the world is on a highway to hell The world is on a highway to hell. The number of the beast is upon us. The government is closing ranks. It's just so scary and nobody's paying attention because we're distracted by these toys. We've been snookered by the toys. They put tracking devices in. They can listen in. They're listening at every moment of every day. You can expect that they're listening in when you say the things that you shouldn't say in the wrong spirit. They're listening in. They know everything. And we're at that point in time. We're there, everybody. What I want to talk to to everybody about today is your families and your time management and what you're pursuing. What things are you pursuing in this world? What are you doing with your time? Time is the only asset that you ever have really possessed. You've only ever been in control of the limited amount of time that you've been given on this earth. What are you doing with that time? And are you still pursuing earthly things? What are you doing with that time? And are you still pursuing earthly things? Because let me tell you where we're at. This is where we're at right here. Ready? Listen to this. I put this together the other day. That's where we're at, folks. That's where we're at. You think that we're immune to this? You think that the world that's spinning out of the control isn't going to come and touch us? Have you read the Bible lately? Have you read Revelation? Are you a Christian that's out there that's just sort of fascinated with your little life and your little world, your little temporary kingdom that you've created for yourself here that you're continuing to build and toil to create? Are you spending your time wisely? It's time to have that open and honest conversation with ourselves and then it's time to have it with other people. 
The open and honest conversation is simply this. Do you love your brothers and sisters, your mothers and fathers, your children, your sons and daughters, your boyfriends and girlfriends? Do you love do you love them truly? Because if you do love them, let me ask you this. How often are you praying for them? Let me ask you this. Do you have siblings or daughters and sons and family members who don't know the Lord? Who aren't hearing this message right now that time is short? Could you be telling them? Do you even believe that the time is short or are you just too tied into your situation? To your career, to your job, to your bill cycles, to making payments. Where are you at? Oh, well, what am I supposed to do? I have mouth to feed. Well, I can tell you this. You need to do more. And first and foremost, you yourself need to get back to the Lord. 110%. What does that mean? Well, I can tell you this. There's a process. There's a sanctification process. All these biblical truths apply directly to you and your life. Let's take tithing, for example. Maybe you give some of your money to the Lord. Maybe you tithe. But are you tithing your time? Are you tithing the first fruits of your time? And what does that mean? What is my time? Your time is one day encapsulated. Each given to you anew every morning. What are you doing with the first fruits of your day? Because if you're not giving them to the Lord, you're not setting a firm foundation. You could say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, if you got up earlier than you did, you would have. Think about what your day is. Are you, are you dedicating the first fruits of your day to the Lord? Are you grinding and grounding yourself into the Word of God? It's time, everybody. It is time. It is so time. It is so time. The world has gone completely astray. It's gone. It's spinning out of control. We are living in this amazing time of insanity. For such a time as this, we were all born. Did you know that we are going to be the ones to see the king, the kingdom get ushered in? Do you realize that? Do you realize that this generation shall not pass away before all these things come to pass? Do you realize that we're going to see the fulfillment? Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Like Begley says, Pastor Paul Begley, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you ready for for, for what's coming? It's insanity. Are you ready for what's coming? Let me ask this. Are you spending your time watching television that's out of Hollywood? Are you spending your time watching YouTube channels edifying yourself in the things of God? There's me. If you love media, if you if your flesh is all enticed by media, you know that's fine. Get into media that edifies your your soul, edifies your spirit. Flood yourself with media, with with Jesus media, media that glorifies Jesus. I know for me, my flesh wants to watch Family Guy and all these things because I grew up 
without a compass. Uh, well, not that's not necessarily true, but I grew up in a in a world that was flooded with madness. I watched it happen. I I was born in the seventies, and this world in a very short time went haywire. I can tell you that. For those of you who have grown up in this in the last few years, you don't understand what it was like, but it has changed rapidly. And I bet you if you talk to your grandparents, they'll tell you how rapidly it has really changed. I talked to my mother this morning and I was asking her the same questions that I'm asking myself and I'm asking you and I'm asking the world. Are you keeping watch? Are you praying for your loved ones? Are you praying for your city? Are you praying for your town? Are you praying for Israel? Are you doing any of the things that the Bible suggests or commands that you do? Have you even read the Bible? Are you actively getting the word in you? Are you communing with God? Are you praying? And you can say, oh, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll get back to it. Whatever, yada, yada, yada. But, wow, time is short. Listen, I am terrified. The Lord, the Bible says he's terrible. It says all these things about him, but it also says he's terrible. Can you imagine from the looking at the Lord and understanding just how incredibly awesome God is and just what 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 it's going to be like when you stand in front of him? Are you ready for that? Oh guys, I'm terrified of that. Terrified. You should be too. You're going to give an account. You can be all happy all you want. I don't care what stage of your Christianity you're at. If you're if you're a finished product, if you think that you sin no more, if you're you're you know, you're float you're one of those Christians who float along. Are you really ready? Do you really fully grasp the magnitude? I know I don't. I try to and it terrifies me. But you're going to stand before God, the all, everything, the one. The I am. You're going to stand before him and just imagine that for a minute. Imagine that. Father God, we just come before you today and we ask that you would help us to have a better sense of the urgency of the hour, of the time that we live in. Oh Lord, we are unprepared. Even those of us who are preparing are so unprepared. Lord, we need your guidance. Father God, guide us, guide us. Guide us in your path, guide us in where you want us to be, guide us. In your truth, Lord. Father God, reveal yourself to us more and more. Help us to be dedicated to taming our flesh, Lord, and putting it to death on the cross with Jesus, Lord. Help us to continuously give our lives over to you. Lord, help us along that sanctification process. Lord, we want you to trust us, Lord. We want to be a friend to you, Lord. Show us the, the things that we need to do that are necessary for us to draw near to you, Lord. Show us the things in our lives that are creating distance between us, Lord. Help there to be no distance, Lord. Help to show us the things that we need to cut loose from. Lord, give us strength in our struggles. Father God, help us to pursue you more and more every day, Lord. Consume us, Lord. Take over. 
Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Thank you so much for all that you do for all of us, Father God. Lord, right now we just pray for the towns that we live in and the cities that we live in and these unbelieving masses who have no idea what's coming, Father God. Lord, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit and your angels to break forth revival, Lord. Help it to start individually with each one of us, Lord. Help us just to catch fire and burn brightly for you every day. Every day, a new beginning, a new morning, every single day, Lord, that you bless us with. Help us to count our days and understand the magnitude of eternity, Lord. Help us to see that indeed the time is short. Father God, I just pray for those out there who be touched by this, that you would help them to see that our families, our friends, everyone around us is ill-prepared. Lord, we ask, believe, and receive that you would just work on our lives more and more today. Do you, do you, do you even understand... That if 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 you're not out there consumed with this gospel, something's terribly wrong. Something's terribly wrong. It is just ridiculous what's happening. The world is collapsing. Jesus is coming. Are you prepared? Is your family prepared? At the very minimum, are you praying for them? Oh, Father God, help us to pray for our families, Lord. Help us to pray for our family more, Lord. Father God. I understand the seriousness of the day that we live in. Lord, we have no idea the magnitude of what's coming. Lord, you said our hearts will fail us for fear of what's coming. Help us to understand the urgency of the hour. Oh, Lord. Help us to understand the day and the hour, Lord. We pray for our families. We pray that you would just use us to be a light, Lord. Father God, we ask, believe, and receive this in the name of Jesus. People, do understand that if not you, then who? If you're not if you're not dedicating yourself and all your time to the things of God, if not you, then who? And also, too, think about this. When it does come down... And it does just break out and hell is unleashed. Everyone's going to need answers. And it's up to us to be the ones who have them. Are you studying? Are you studying the word? Are you studying the things? Are you studying the things? Or are you filling yourself with entertainment? I know I filled myself with entertainment. Xbox, TV, drugs, alcohol, everything. Porn, you name it. Immorality, sexual immorality, you name it. I mean, I was into it. 
time that we put those things behind us. Time that we cut free from those things that get in the way of our relationship with the Lord. If you're if you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit, God bless you. You're still in a safe place. Dig more into the Lord, and you'll see that there's a long way to go, but He'll take you there as fast as you're willing to let Him. Be willing. Be willing. If you're still battling with it, habits and stuff, be willing. Be willing. Be willing. Oh, Lord, let us be willing. Get into the Word. The worst thing you can do if you're in sin right now is to turn from God. Don't be a prodigal son. Listen, the prodigal son went and partied. Jonah went and partied it up. The belly of the whale. Running from the Lord's call in your life. The Lord has a call in your life. Think about that. Are you even interested in knowing what that is? The Lord has a race marked out for you. Are you even interested in knowing what that is? There's a race marked out for us. God has a very specific agenda and item for you to do. Yes, a job, a description, a, a, a part to fulfill. You have a race specifically for you. Are you running it? Hebrews 12.1 Wherefore, seeing we also are, enco- are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, so here it is. Plain as day, clear clear as a... A bell. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who do you think those witnesses are? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Everybody's watching. Not only mankind, your fellow brothers and sisters, the ones that you see in front of you in the flesh every day, but also the heavenly host of both houses, of the devil and of God. They're watching. But the, the devil is plotting against you daily. He's looking to set snares for you. How do we run this race that the Lord has set before us? We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, what does that mean, look unto Jesus? We keep our eyes fixed on Him. Right? We keep our eyes fixed on Him. What does that mean? Well, go back and see what He said. What did He say to do? Right? What did He say to do? He talked about a lot of stuff. Are you doing any of those things? How about repenting, first and foremost? Are you doing that? Are you repenting of the sin that so easily entangles? 
Do you have things in your life that are hindering your relationship with the Lord that make you feel guilty when you do them? If you do, you should get them out of your life. How about television? Is television edifying you? Think about it. Television is just a bunch of people pretending they're other people. All lies. It's all lies. Lies, lies, lies. Maybe you're a news person. And you're getting your new, your, you know, all your information from the news. And you think you're well informed. Well, that's all propaganda, my friend. The only news you should be getting is from the Bible. That's where your headline should come from. There's not enough time to even think about the things that are in the world. Am I saying that you should be uninformed about what the world is doing and you shouldn't look at news? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you can definitely keep abreast of what's happening in the world, but with a watchful eye, with Jesus' eye. Looking through Jesus' eyes, thinking about it from God's perspective. Do you have God's heart for the lost? Do you know why it's taking so long for Jesus to come back? Because he wants none to perish. He wants the, the gospel to be spread. He wants all, all, everybody. He wants everybody to come to the saving knowledge of, of his gift of salvation. He wants the good news to touch every ear. Are you taking part in that? Are you studying yourself to be approved? Like, are you, are you doing things? What are you spending your time on? It's the only asset that you have. It's the only asset that any of us possess. Listen, I wasted all the time in the world. Running from God, being a prodigal son, partying it up. My flesh is so strong. See, I when I first became a Christian, I just I loved the stories of the Antichrist and stuff, fighting Jesus coming back and whooping up on them and all that stuff and revelation and all that. And, and now when the Bible became alive to me and, you know, you realize that the devil has a seed of children running around here and like all that craziness. I mean, think about that. Go back and read Genesis with open eyes, knowing that with all this alien talk and all that, that you know, they're among us right now. They've adapted all these crazy stories, the conspiracies. They're all true. They all have an element of truth to them. And you can find the answers right there in the Bible. It's all here. Right here. Word of God. Boom. You can get it all. You don't need to go anywhere else. You have all your explanations right here. Are you running your race? Do you care about your family? Are you in the process? Are you taking steps on a daily basis to chase after God? Are you drawing near to Him? These are the things that matter. These are the things that matter. WND reports today that it's not only evangelical Christians who are sensing that something has changed in the world and that we may be entering the very last days. Muslims are also eagerly awaiting their Messiah. In the latest evidence of this messianic fervor, a mainstream Sunni Muslim website has decreed that the Islamic Messiah, called the Mahdi, appear this year or in 2016, and that the Muslim Jesus will return in 2022 to conquer the world for Islam. 
DiscoveringIslam.org and the End Times Research Center have calculated that the first phase, the first phase of the end of the end of time will begin soon. Let me read that again. They've calculated that the first phase of the end time will begin soon and lead to the day of judgment in seven years. Wow. The estimates were derived from the latest research into numerical analysis of the Quran, Hadith, Arabic words, and historical events, according to DiscoveringIslam.org. The Messenger of Allah informed the companions of everything that would occur until the day of resurrection, the website reports. Based on our numerical analysis of the Quran and the Hadith, the official beginning of the end of time and the coming of the Imam Mahdi will most likely be in 2015 or 2016, and Jesus Christ will come down from heaven to earth in 2022, the website reported. The Quran and the Bible put forth end times narratives that are similar but opposite. The Bible's Antichrist, for instance, resembles Islam's Messiah, while Muslims view the Jesus of the Bible as their Antichrist or Dajjal. The Quran teaches that Jesus returns to earth, but for a very different purpose, to break the cross and convert the world's Christians to Islam. Fat chance of that, fools. Bible teacher Joel Richardson underscores the inverted end-time views of the two faiths in his New York Times best-selling book, The Islamic Antichrist and End Times Eyewitness. Folks, I've read both those books that are awesome. Get them. Because we're here. You should be reading all sorts of stuff. Joel Richardson's a great author. Richardson is an expert in eschatology or the order of end times events as presented in Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. He points to Jesus' warnings that in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 that false teachers and false prophets would arise in the last days to deceive many. Documentary film, End Times Eyewitness. I want to see that. It sounds like it's going to be good. Are you guys understanding of where we're at? Now, let's just talk about where we're really at because you, you can expect Godzilla-type stuff to start happening. Yes, Godzilla-type stuff. Stuff to start popping up out of these volcanoes, flying beasts, to start flying around, you're going to see visible entities that you couldn't see before. This CERN machine that they're doing, they're going to punch a hole into something, create what they call a portal. Things are going to flood through. Let me ask you all a question. Imagine if... Well, let me say this. The other day I was thinking about the Lord and... I just was startled, actually, because suddenly I I thought of something, and it blew me away, and it was the the, the thought of this word, this phrase in the Bible, 
phrase in the Bible, outer darkness. You can find it in a couple of places. Matthew twenty-five thirty. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I started thinking about that phrase, outer darkness. Outer darkness. Outer darkness. Outer darkness. Found in Matthew 8.12. Outer darkness. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness. Let me think about space. Think about space. And whatever. Listen, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And when I'm in prayer and whatnot, and when I'm meditating on the Lord or listening to sermons, and suddenly I have lightning bolt thoughts, you better believe I believe that the Lord's talking to me. And I thought about outer darkness, and I thought about stars falling from heaven, right? Cast down to earth. Stars falling from heaven. Cast down to earth. And I thought, imagine if all these stars were actually prisons for the fallen angels, right? Imagine if these stars are the prisons for the fallen angels. Think about that. If, in fact, the stars that you see out there burning in this night sky are, in fact, prisons for fallen angels contained in outer darkness, right? Because isn't that what space is, outer darkness? Think about that. Think about that. Think about Luke ten eighteen. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Right? Think about Matthew 24. Think about Matthew 24:29, Where he says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens 
shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. So imagine that. And the stars shall fall from heaven. I believe that the stars aren't balls of gas. They're prisons. How about that? Can you imagine that? How about if the stars that are in outer darkness are in fact prisons and suddenly let's let's have how about this for a hypothetical or a possibility they fire up CERN they screw up and they send out this blast of insane madness and it screws everything up it breaks the prison these things come flooding into earth and they fall from heaven did you see after earth an interesting thing happened the kid after you know at the very climax of the movie Jaden Smith Will Smith's little Illuminati love child son there he sets off a beacon and it sends off this like wave and it just goes flying throughout the universe and the very next thing they've got you know that signal leads them straight to earth and they've already got hyperdrive and whatever but the point is is imagine when CERN does whatever they do and smashes these things together or does whatever it is that they're going to do and it does crack open the gates of hell the stars will fall from heaven what do you think that means I think I'm onto something with these stars being prisons for the fallen angels you say well there's a there's an innumerable amount of stars out there yeah there are But do you know the number of the host of heaven? Do you? See, folks, we have to be open and trust God enough to understand and believe that we don't know anything. And then maybe all the things that we think we know about the Bible and the prophecies, maybe some of them and the interpretations are way off. Maybe the things that everybody thinks they know aren't things at all. They're wrong. Let the, let the Spirit guide you and let Him reveal truth to you. Are you begging the Lord for truth today? Are you begging the Lord for truth in your life? I want truth in my life more and more. I want the Lord to reveal the truth for me because I believe that He's going to need me to guide people because you know what, folks? Look around you. I don't know what world you guys live in. I don't know if you're a Christian who's insulated yourself in this little bubble and all, all the people that you know in your world are Christian people. But that's not the world that I live in. I live in a world where the majority of people around me have no idea. They've all created their own God and they do not understand that judgment's coming. And they won't listen to you because you're a bigot and you're a, you know, racist, sexist, you know, homophobic person when you start preaching the truth of the Bible to them. They don't want to listen. But I've realized we can pray for them in this moment. We can pray for them. We can tell them individually one by one and 
pray for them and interact with them and wish the blessings of God upon them and share the truth with them in whatever form or fashion the Lord leads you to do in those moments. See, your day, your day is your is your battleground. Every day that comes in front of you, every person that you come in contact with, every person that you see, whether it's physically or, or over the telephone, I'll give you a for example. And I'm not saying, look at me, look at me, I'm so great. No, I'm just telling you where the Lord has me. And I, I was talking to Apple the other day because my phone was screwed up. And I told the kid on the phone, like, all about Jesus. I don't care. I don't care who it is. I'm going to tell him. You know, if I have the opportunity, I'm going to try to find and create the opportunity. Do I do it every time? No. But you know what? I'm starting to more and more and more and more and more. Everybody that I come in contact with, for the most part, unless something crazy happened, and I, you know, I didn't. But it's very rare that I do not. You know, pray the blessings of God over somebody in verbal form when I see them. Hey, how are you? God bless you. Hey, how are you? God bless you. How was everything? Hey, God bless you. You know, I don't even give people a chance to object. You know? And at the very minimum, I'm bringing God into this equation. I'm, I'm going to take it in a step, another step level. I'm going to tell him. You know, hey, Jesus loves you. God bless you. You know? Tell him the truth. Maybe just get into it. Hey, Jesus forgives you. God bless you. Find him. Repent of your sins. How are you? What are they going to say? I hate you. Shut up. When? Ready? Let's. Let, I'm going to try that. I'm going to tell you how it all works out. I'm going to develop that one. I've got the, hey, God bless you, how are you, got down pat out. That's, no, that, that flies right off the tongue. But imagine if you just get it so much so. Hey, how are you, God bless you, Jesus loves you, repent of your sins, lest you shall perish. God bless you, how are you? Right? What are they going to say? Hey, God loves you, God bless you, Jesus loves you, died for your sins, repent. Turn to God. Time is short. We got to work it into every conversation we have with everybody that we talk to. Because you know what? If people aren't talking to you about Jesus, they're lost. They're lost. They're not on up with what's going on. Are you telling everybody about Jesus with your time? Oh, well, that's it. I'm at work. It's, a, it's inappropriate. Really, do you not have faith in God that he's going to take care of you? Preach the word. Tell everybody. Tell everybody. Those with ears to hear, let them hear. People who have ears to hear, don't argue. They listen, and they're not going to file complaints at you at work. And if they do, God bless you. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may... Become mature and complete, not lacking anything. We can't lack anything in these days, everybody. We got to go for it. You know where we're at? We're at the sprint. We have to sprint to the finish line right now. It's time to sprint to the finish line. Time to sprint to the finish line. Are you sprinting to the finish line? 
sprinting. It's time for us to sprint to the finish line. Here's where we're at, ready? We're here, right here. church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now that they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad. While we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. They've already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. They got them through the public schools and indoctrination and the university and indoctrination, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord, because you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing around, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks. A matter of weeks. But at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. That was the real reason, but no one heard that publicly. They were martyred and they were persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the Word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And if the Spirit of God in common grace pulls back and you see even your children and your grandchildren tossing in the lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes or the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe that He is raising up young men who are strong in trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that's going to break loose on us. And it will be on us 
before we even recognize it. Unless, unless in God's providence, He is not done. He is not done. And note, this is, this is not silly talk. Apart from a great awakening, these things are going to come upon you. Be ready to lose your homes, your cars, and everything. Open your eyes. Are y'all ready for that? Are y'all ready for that? Are you all ready for what's coming? I mean, that's what's coming. And the thing that's going to be so ridiculously insane is that it's all going to converge and coalesce. It's all going to happen all at once. It's all going to come together all at once. It's going to be a conflagration. It's going to be God's conflagration. Think about that. All these fires are going to break out at the same time. It is going to be insane. And here's the deal. If you're... If you're not filled with the weapon of our warfare that's not of this world, that's mighty through God, the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, the word of truth, you can find all of, all of it in the Bible. You can go read that. You can understand the sword of the Spirit. It's time. It's time. We are literally... Sitting on the very edge of this last moment. If you go get your Bible, if you have your Bible near you, you want to grab it, open it up to the book of Revelation, grab just those pages, and hold the Bible by that. It's strong. Believe me, it won't break. Hold just those pages and realize that that's the, the only, that's what we have left of this story, is just those simple, just that little much time, that just those few pages that's how much time on the scale of things and the scheme of things that we have left. Just that right there. Those few pages, we're right there. And only God knows when it's really just going to break out. Because I'm telling you, he's got his finger on the domino. And once he kicks them, it's all going to happen. And it's going to seem like they happen all at once. We had something like 50 earthquakes just yesterday in the place... A lot of them were in the place that I did missionary work with over in Papua New Guinea. Fifty earthquakes the other day. You think about what's coming. These these fanatical Muslims are going to go crazy. They are going crazy, but it's all... Things are going to happen on the genetic front. They're going to play games with our DNA and they're going to figure out how to turn on or if they haven't figured it out already. I'm telling you, you use 2% of your DNA. Your genetic makeup, only 2% of it is firing. The rest is what they call non-coding DNA. In other words, the, the popular term is junk DNA, but there's nothing junk about it. They've tried to bamboozle you, which flies in the face of their evolution theory, 
Because why would you ever evolve with 98% of your DNA that isn't, that's junk, it's ridiculous. So in other words, 2% of your body is turned on right now. And the other 90% is, 98% is shut off. So imagine if they figured out a way to kick on those other things. And remember, our flesh is corrupted. Our flesh is corrupt. Imagine what they can do. Maybe it's going to be. Maybe it's going to happen through frequencies. Maybe they're going to send out signals. You ever think about that? You ever turn everything off and hear that high-pitched sound? The, all these radio waves and frequencies and all this madness that's coursed flying through the air right now that you can't see that's bombarding your flesh? Just imagine. Just imagine. And Obama is letting Iran run towards a bomb. Just imagine. Our economy is falling through the floor. Everybody's joining this new Chinese bank, the AIIB. They're running all these crazy drills in America, these military drills all over the place. There are wars breaking out. Come on, it's insane. Are you ready for Jesus or are you going to go? Let me ask you this. Are you going to go home and watch some TV that doesn't glorify God? Are you going to sit around and watch them do some things that don't glorify God? Are you going to take part in things that aren't helping to usher in this kingdom of God? It's time for us to take charge of all of our time and get into the business of God and God's business. Are you employed by the living God? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you running your race? Are you reading your Bible? Listen, if you tune in and you've never tuned in or if you're tuning in for the first time or the 50th time, you're going to realize that I say the same things over and over again because I don't really do this show for all you people. I do this show for the Lord. And what I've realized is that probably the person who's getting help the most out of all this is simply me. So if I have to do this and do this and do this and do this, and even if not one person's listening... That's cool, because guess what? This edifies me. This puts me into a place where I'm not... I am not spending my time outside of the things of the Lord, right? It's an extra two hours of my day that I get to glorify the Lord and talk about the Lord and think about the Lord and tap into the Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for all that you do in my life. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do, Lord. Thank you for giving me eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help me to... Deal with the thorns that are in my flesh, Lord. Help me to deal with the sin that so easily entangles, Lord. Free me, Lord. Take away those things, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Good and bad. Lord, help me to run the race marked out for me. Help me to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus more and more. Holy Spirit, come into my spirit more and more. Take over my life more and more. Everything, every moment, every breath. Every word directed towards you, Lord, to glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Let your light shine through me, Lord. Let me be a beacon, Lord. You asked who will stand up. Here I am, Lord. But I'm a mess. Deal with me. See, guys and girls, if you're a mess, the Lord will deal with you. And then he'll make you useful. 
You know, we don't want to go through the sanctification process. That's what, what what's happening in this world is we don't we don't want to put the time and the effort and go through the pain of the sanctification. Is there pain involved? Yes, because you've gotten you've developed affinities and loves for the things of this world. If you're anything like me, you've developed a love and a lust and a desire for the things of this world. Your flesh has and maybe you say, Oh, I don't even know any better. Whatever. It's time to stop making any kind of excuses. There's no sense in looking back like Lot's wife and looking back at Sodom. There's no sense in turning around and looking back. It's just sense keeping your eyes on Jesus, right? Keep your eyes on Jesus. If you fall, get up. If you stumble, get up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your sin ever before you. Here's what I do. One of the things that I find to be the most helpful and effective thing is I am in the Psalms and the Proverbs every single day. Five Psalms, one Proverb every single day. I don't miss a beat. I get up and it's the first thing I do in the morning as I give the Lord the first fruits of my day. I give Him the first fruits of my day. Right? Every day. I do this every day. And I'm not bragging. I'm not saying, look at me, look at me, this is what I do. I'm super spiritual. No, quite the contrary. I'm a freaking nightmare, okay? I'm a, I'm a totally corrupted, free king nightmare. I am off the chain, left to my own devices. I am an insane madman who is desiring of madness, right? I crave, my flesh craves oblivion. It, it craves anarchy. It craves division. It craves everything you can imagine that's bad. All things of the devil. That's the, the listen. My flesh was conceived in sin. It says so in the Psalms. We were conceived in sin. That's where my flesh is at, right? And it wants what it wants, and it is taking a lot of effort to tame it. And see, that's the difference in my walk with the Lord now is that before I didn't ever try and go through the process of sanctification. I, I sort of skipped the middle and got right to the end and wanted, tried to claim the blessings for 30-some-odd years, living a worldly life. And, you know, it's terrible. In AA, they have a saying that says, you know, head full of alcohol, belly full of beer. It's no way to live because, you know, you know you shouldn't be doing it, but yet you do, and blah, blah, blah. It ties right into Paul, the Apostle Paul, and all his writings about the battle with the flesh. You know, and we're not battling against flesh. That's the thing. We have to realize that once we get into the spirit, it's over. It's so over. Once the scales fall from your eyes and you start washing yourself with the word, things just start to fall away. The sin that so easily entangles becomes really clear. Then it becomes a matter of will and will for rebellion and all that kind of business. And that's where, you know, my my eyes have been open to is that, if I don't literally outweigh the balance and, and have more things of the Lord going into my brain than things of the you know world, I am out of balance, you know? My weights are off and I'm all screwed up, right? And and the more that I chase after the Lord, the more that the things of the world are literally just falling away, not to be contended with again. Like, I just don't deal with certain demons that I used to deal with, that whole resist the devil and he'll flee from you that is 110% correct and accurate and true and the Bible is true and the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and he loves you 
If you're out there today and you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with addictions, if you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling with masturbation, if you're struggling with fornication, if you're struggling with, you know, anything and everything at all, just give it to the Lord. Literally seek the Lord. Don't don't even try to do it in your own power. Don't sit there and say like, oh, well, I have to quit this before I get back to the Lord. No, you don't. Just go back to the Lord. Go back to the Lord and he'll sort things out. Go back to the Lord and he'll sort things out. Go back to the Lord and he'll sort things out. Let me say it again. Go back to the Lord and he'll sort things out. Ready? I'll say it again. Go back to the Lord and he'll sort things out. Give the Lord the first fruits of your day. Try what I'm telling you to do. Just try it. You're willing to try a diet. You're willing to try to do all these crazy weird things. You're willing to try... Whatever it is you're willing to try, we all seemingly are willing to try all sorts of crazy things, right? You'll try a new restaurant, you'll try a, a new whatever. Try this. Try getting up in the morning and, for, and for literally for whatever. Read through five Psalms and one proverb. So tomorrow's the first, right? Get up and read Psalms 1 through 5 and Proverbs 1. Pray to God one minute before you do it and say, Lord, open this up to me. Help me to realize the hour that we're living in. Please, Lord, speak to me. Get up and read five Psalms and one proverb. And that's it. Say the Lord's Prayer afterwards. And then go about your day and see what happens. And then the next day, do it again. Read Psalms 6 through 10 and Proverbs 2. And do it for 30 days or 31 days. Do it. Just try it. Give the Lord the first fruits of your day and try and give it to do just try it. Trust me, you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. The Bible says to rightly divide the word of God, does it not? Does it not? Think about what that means. Think about that. Think about that. In 2 Timothy, think about that. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Ready? Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Ready? Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, what is the word of truth? You would think that's like your Bible, right? So let's just have fun. Take your Bible and put it right to the middle. Now, you might have one of those Bibles that's got a huge bunch of stuff in the back, right? Separate that and just go right to the Bible and separate it to the middle. Rightly divide the word of truth. Like right, literally, rightly divide it right down the middle. Rightly divide the word of truth. And guess what? It lands you right in the middle of Psalms. Imagine that. Rightly, right in the middle of Psalms. And listen, the the Lord spoke to me, and I'm not saying you that what to you that what's right for me is right for you or whatever, whatever. You do whatever you want. You do whatever you want because you're not listening to the show if the Lord hadn't called you to to try out what I'm trying to tell you to do. So just try it because it worked for me. And when I tell you that I'm the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst, there is nobody worse than me because I've been saved forever and I've been falling and backsliding and fly, blah, 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 madness in this battle forever. You know? 
partying since I was essentially 12 years old. Think about that. We started young. 12, partying. You know, and then it became, you know, slave to it all. And just madness and running from the Lord and blah, blah, blah. And that time is over, everybody. That time is over. Get singularly focused. And how I did it was I got into the Psalms and Proverbs with the first fruits of my day. And I kept my sin ever before me, knowing that my struggles, and my, my, my thorns, my, my foot that was caught in these snares... The only way to do it is to go before God and be honest about it. So so what ha- what sin does and what it produces in you is a barrier, a, a shame, a, a situation where you're you're unwilling or ill-prepared or just you can't because you're ashamed to go before God because you feel like a hypocrite. That's all the devil's trick. Go before God. You know, one of my favorite psalms in the whole wide world, I'm starting to love them and I love them all, but one of my favorite psalms that just boggles my mind, right? Because it's a step-by-step into what God wants you to do. Is Psalm 51. It says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. See, the Lord wants to have mercy upon you. His loving kindnesses and his tender mercies. He wants to blot out your transgressions. He wants to wash you thoroughly from your iniquity and cleanse you from your sin, right? That's verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Do you do that? Are you keeping your sin ever before you? It says here, Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Contemplate that. Now ready? Verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. See, God wants truth in your inward parts. He basically just wants you to admit that you are a mess up and that you were conceived in iniquity, right? And in you were in sin, you were conceived. You were shaped in iniquity. Think about that. Your flesh is fallen, everybody. Just accept it, deal with it, confess it, and move on. God wants to work in your life. If you don't know Jesus, say this prayer with me. Father God, I love you. I love you, Lord, and I want to accept your gift that you sent Jesus. I want to accept that gift of salvation, Lord. Work in my life. I believe that he died and rose again, Lord. I believe that you sent him, that he's your only son, that he walked perfect on this earth. Father God, I just pray that you just come into my life, take over my life, and show me what's going on one day at a time. Lord, let me live Lord, let me just give you my first fruits. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what you did. Believe, receive, and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you received that, if you prayed that prayer with me, God bless you. God bless you. I'll see you guys all tomorrow, God willing. We'll see what happens. I got no windows coming in, so I think it's just going to be too much. But I might do it at night when they when they bail. I think that's what I'm going to do. 
So, listen. Lay it all down. God bless you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Come lay them down Come lay them down